in keeping with the theme of Advent, <clears throat> I wanted to share some scriptures with you this morning. This first one is from Jeremiah 29, 11. And it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. One of the uh, candles for Advent is hope. <clears throat> I don't know what you think about when you think of hope. Um, we use the word so many different contexts, you know, we, like, I hope I win the lottery. I hope I lose 50 pounds. I hope, you know, and, that, and, and that's wishful thinking, right? But that's not the meaning of the word in Scripture. It's not wishful thinking. It is knowing that something is coming, something that is good. And so with Advent, here we are, uh, the first Sunday of Advent, looking to the coming of Jesus. And with hope. Because God says, here in Jeremiah 29, I know the plans I have for you. Do you know that God has plans for you? Sometimes, just all the stuff of life kind of piles on and we think, well, I'm just wandering and lost. Oh no, you're not a wandering stranger. You're a child of the king, and the king has plans for you. Now, I don't know what you think about the plans you have made for yourself, but some of us come up with some pretty good plans for ourselves, right? Do you know that the plans that we come up with are always less than the plans that God has for us? Now, I got some pretty good ideas for me. God has better ideas for me. You know, it's not that I want something and God says, no, I can't have that. It's that God says, here is what I have for you. And the here that he has for me, <laughs> it's incredible. Really, because he loves me. And the things that he has in store for me are incredible. I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. You've been harmed? It was not God who harmed you. Let's get our theology straight. God is the one who loves you, who has plans to prosper you. I believe that means materially, but I also believe it means in things that are much more weightier and important than material possessions. Like life and freedom. Life everlasting. Plans to give you hope so you know what, what's going on in your world today i don't know maybe today is a really up day for you or maybe today is a really down day for you i don't know here's what i do know god has given us hope for on the days when everything is going great and we have no need for god because everything is fine he's given us hope and on days when we have much less than that and we wonder <laughs> where in the world is god i thought he was going to prosper me He's given us hope on that day too. Hope that is not just wishful thinking. Hope that is based on the resources of the King, the Father, God, who loves us deeply. So we have hope and a future. You know, um, we think of life as uh, having a hill, 
kind of like a bell curve, right? And at some point in life, you get over the hill. I don't know, that used to be 30 for me, and then it was 40 or 50, and now it's about 80, right? It has to keep moving that hill. And I think the problem is, is that we think life has a hill. There is no hill. Life goes up. Someday, my body's going to finally wear out, and I'm going to get promoted to my new body. Life does not end. Life is eternal. My time here with this body, that ends. But I have a future. I have hope because of the coming of Jesus Christ. The coming of, of Bethlehem and Christmas. But oh, much more than that. Not even his second coming. Just his being here. His coming. Jesus is coming. He comes for me day after day. And you know, some things... I've, I've missed my short-term window of being able to do because I am getting old. Like, I don't think a marathon is in my immediate future. It might be, but I don't think so. Right? But do you know what happens when Jesus comes? He calls it the renewal of all things. When I get renewed and I have a new body, you know how Elijah ran for like 48 miles or whatever crazy? I forget how far he ran. He just ran and ran and ran when he came off the mountain. He ran because he was scared. I'll be able to run. I've never been known as a runner in this version of Tony. When I have my new body, I can run. I've never been to Paris. I'd like to see Paris. I may not see Paris this side of the grave but I'll see it after the renewal of all things when when Jesus makes heaven and earth new he restores them to the original thing the, t the clock is not running out you have a future it's not over I don't care what your age is it's not over you have hope and a future you're not done you know we're going to reign with Jesus we're going to reign with Jesus? See, we have hope. And we have a future. Because God has plans to prosper us. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, it says, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Are you a half, glass half empty? Or a glass half full person? You know? good for you I'm a God's in control person and I don't really care how much is in the glass it's irrelevant because those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength every one of us gets physically emotionally tired but because we have hope in God our strength is renewed we can soar full of energy full of life full of motivation full of the good plan that God has for us because we have hope, not wishful thinking. Hope that God will do what he said he will do, and he will do that. We have hope. We will run and not grow weary. Oh, sure, we all need a rest. It's important that we rest. It's good for you to rest. You should plan a rest 
in your life. You should plan that. It doesn't mean something's wrong. It means you've worked and now you rest and now you work again. We don't give up. We don't lose heart. We run and we keep going. We won't be faint. I don't know who you know who are the positive people in your life. But I'll tell you the ones who are positive are the ones who have hope. Those are the ones who have a positive outlook. We have hope because of the coming of Jesus. His coming for me every day. His coming to renew all things. His coming of his birth. We have hope because of Jesus. Romans 5 verses 1 through 2. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Because Jesus came. See, the two verses we read in the Old Testament, they were looking forward to Jesus coming on earth. Now, Jesus has come and has died and is resurrected and ascended and is coming again. And now, because of that, we've been justified through faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have gained access to God by faith. And we have grace in which we can stand. And all of those things, the resurrection, the redemption, the ascension that is in me, that is in you, that changes everything about us, in which we can stand in grace, having access to God, living by faith, being justified, and having peace. So we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Because these things that we just read have great impact. The work of Christ is not impotent. It is powerful. Powerful to change you. Powerful to change me. Powerful to change this world. We have the words of eternal life when we talk to people about Jesus Christ. It is the hope of the glory of God you know, most of us are much more comfortable talking about our failures than we are in talking about our glory. It's much more comfortable. The ironic thing about it is we think that we're more comfortable talking about our, our failures, our sins, our, our shame because we think it's prideful to talk about the glory of God that's in us. I would submit to you that that is exactly backwards. It is our pride that makes us talk about our shame and our failings. Why? Because I think when I have sinned and failed and I beat myself and shame myself... I think that then I am capable and am able to deal with my own sin. Which makes me God. Which is prideful. But when I begin to talk about the glory of God in me, it's not about me at all. It's about Jesus. What's more humble than to speak about Jesus' work that he's done through me that I have no... No, no control or impact over. So we think that talking about the glory of God means we're being prideful. 
and talking about our own sin means we're being humble. I would tell you that's just backwards. And I would tell you that you bring your shame and your guilt to Jesus Christ and He brings restoration and the glory of God flows through that. It is in your weaknesses that He is made strong. Most of you who serve in the kingdom of heaven who have a ministry, do that out of your weakness. Out of the, out of the places in your life that you struggle and have, and have had failure. That's where most of the ministry comes from. Those who have struggled with addiction now help others with addiction. Those who have struggled with marital issues now help others with marital issues. It's just kind of the way it works, right? Those who are lost reach out to those who have been lost in the same way. And it is the hope of the glory of God. Now the other verse that we read, I don't have it up here, I just want to remind you from Colossians chapter 1, that it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So I would remind you, remember this little breath thing I do? Christ in you, hope of glory. When things are becoming a little chaotic and you don't know what to do, take a breath. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Although I always say it, Christ in me, the hope of glory. We have hope because of the coming of Jesus Christ. We don't put our hope in anything else. We don't put our hope in our own ability, in our own craftiness, in our own cleverness. We put our hope in Jesus Christ. And it is that hope in Jesus Christ that changes everything for us. doesn't matter what is coming. We can have hope. We can stand on solid ground because we have hope. We know that God is coming through for us because he loves us and he promised that he would come through for us. So as we look to this Christmas season and all the joy and fun and family times that we will have and the opportunity we will have to share our faith, we look at that with hope. N not with the burden of, oh no, here it comes again. And I've got to go shop and the parties and oh, I just hate it. No, we look at this with hope. Because of the opportunities we have in Jesus' name to love others, to give, to receive blessings from God. To share with our family and with those we work with and those in the community about the hope we have in Jesus Christ. Do not let the enemy steal Christmas. I have heard many, many people say, we need to put Christ back in Christmas. And I absolutely agree. But I think we need to put Christ back in Christians first. And when we have Christ in Christians, we will have Christians in Christmas. So I would turn to you. What are you looking at this season? I know, snow and reindeer and Grinches and Santa Claus. It's all fun and great things and it's a great time. Enjoy it. Because of Jesus Christ. Because of the hope we have in Jesus Christ. The hope that gives us life. Not wishful thinking for things that will come. But knowing through the power of Jesus what is coming. And what has been offered to the world because of Christmas. Don't let the trappings of the world mar and destroy the beautiful thing that Christmas is meant to be for us. All of these things around us. I don't know what you think of when you see all of these Christmas things. 
think of Jesus and the way he loves you. Think of the hope you have for today, for tomorrow, for the future, for eternity because of Jesus Christ. And the joy and peace that come from God will well up and overflow and be something we can all share with those around us because of the coming of Jesus Christ.